In the musical Fiddler on the Roof, Tevye, a poor Jewish milkman, begins his well-known song with a prayer. Dear God, you made many, many poor people. I realize, of course, that it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. So what would have been so terrible if I had a small fortune? If I were a rich man, diddle, 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 dum, all day long I'd biddy, biddy, bum, if I were a wealthy man. Telvia figures if he was rich, he could have a great big house, lots of servants. He wouldn't have to work. People would seek out his advice, and it wouldn't matter if he was right or wrong, because when you're rich, People think you really know. What would have been so terrible if I had a small fortune? Would it spoil some vast eternal plan if I were a wealthy man? Do you ever fantasize about becoming rich? Have you ever thought about what you'd do if you'd won the lottery or inherited a small fortune? Like Tevya, maybe you'd immediately start thinking about what you would buy. A bigger house, a better car, a boat, some investments. Maybe you'd hire people to clean your house and take care of your yard. Maybe you'd stop working and just enjoy life. The rich guy in Jesus' parable did all that. He had a fancy house with a gate, lots of servants, expensive clothes. He feasted on fine food every day. He had a completely different life from the other guy in the parable, a poor beggar who was dumped at the rich man's gate. Instead of the rich man's fine clothing, the beggar was covered with sores. The beggar wished that he could eat the rich man's table scraps, but instead the dogs who probably ate the scraps, licked his sores. He was too weak to even shoo them away. You could hardly imagine two more different lives separated by just a gate. Jesus never tells us the rich man's name, but he does tell us the name of the beggar, Lazarus, which means God helps me. Moses and the prophets tell us that our God is on the side of the poor, the downtrodden, the neglected, the abandoned. At one time, all the people of Israel were downtrodden. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. God rescued them, went with them through the wilderness, and gave them a home. But when things finally were going well for them, they forgot God. They forgot their past. If you forget your history, you are bound to repeat it. The prophet Amos says, Alas, woe to those who are at ease, those who lounge on their couches and drink wine and entertain themselves but are not grieved by the desolation around them. 
Amos has strong words for those who have gotten comfortable. There will be a day, he warns, when things will be turned around. The poor will be rich. The rich will be poor. In the parable, Lazarus is comforted and the rich man is in torment. Now, Jesus' parable is not just about some kind of karma or a balance between yin and yang that you know, you're going to get what's coming to you. It's about God turning our broken world upside down or right side up to make things the way they're supposed to be. At the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' mother Mary sings a song about God lifting up the lowly and bringing down the powerful. She sings about it as if it's already a done deal, not just something that will happen in the distant future. Here and now, God's kingdom is breaking in. Jesus announced that he came to bring good news to the poor, not just a promise of high in the sky by and by, but reassurance that change is coming, that things won't always be the way they are now. Depending on who you are and how good you have it, Jesus' promise is either comforting or unsettling. Hearing one day things will be turned around comforts people who are troubled, But hearing one day things will be turned around troubles the comfortable. In the parable, the rich man ends up in Hades. But not just because he was wealthy. In his letter to Timothy that we heard part of today, Paul talks about the dangers of wanting to be wealthy. But he also gives advice to Christians who are rich. He says, don't be haughty. Don't set your hopes on your wealth, but use it to help others, and you will take hold of the life that is truly life. In the parable, the rich man's problem wasn't that he was rich. After all, Abraham himself was a very wealthy man, but he cared for the needy, and he showed hospitality. There was a day when Three men showed up at his door, just out of the blue, and Abraham immediately scrambled and welcomed them, kneeled down to show them honor, brought them over to a shade tree, had Sarah make uh, you know, cakes, and he quickly went and slaughtered the best animal that he had in his herd and had her servants prepare it and bring it to the, to the, the three people who had come to visit. That was what you did in those days. You showed hospitality to the stranger in your midst. No, the rich man in the parable, his problem was that he was indifferent and uncaring toward the poor and needy. Even someone right outside his gate who he walked past day after day. The rich man never learned how to be a neighbor. He never learned compassion. The great chasm between the rich man and Lazarus 
existed long before their deaths. Even though he knew Lazarus' name, the rich man did nothing to help him in life, never gave him a bite to eat or medicine for his sores or shelter from the weather. Even after death, he only thought of Lazarus as a possible errand boy. Send Lazarus to go bring me some water. Send him to warn my brothers. The rich man had shut himself off from Lazarus, and now no one could reach him. Did you ever wonder why in the parable the rich man doesn't have a name? Maybe Jesus wants us to insert our own name to see ourselves in the parable. I can't really sing Tevye's song, If I Were a Rich Man. I am a rich man. I have a house and a car, clothes, plenty of food. Like most Americans, I have more than I need, and I hold on to it a little too tightly. I've still got growing to do, in how I show compassion and use what I have to help others. That's true for my whole family and probably for you. Maybe you and I are the rich man in the story, or maybe we're his brothers, the ones who need to be warned by Moses and the prophets to change our lives. We recently had a homeless guy on the streets here in Story City. And the the city office got a whole lot of calls about him. What are you going to do about this guy who's down on the street? Most people seem to see him either as a threat or a problem to be dealt with instead of a person with a story. What do Moses and the prophets say about situations like this? Deuteronomy 15 says, Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your needy neighbor. Micah 6. There we go. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And then Amos 5 says, Let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The rich man asked Abraham to send Lazarus to warn his brothers, saying that they won't listen to Moses and the prophets. But Abraham told him, Then they won't believe even if someone were to rise from the dead. Later in Luke's gospel, someone did. Did the brothers ever get the message? The parable doesn't say. Each of us who hear the parable write our own ending. How will we respond to the needs of those around us? How will we react when we see another homeless person on the streets in town? How will we help feed the hungry around the world? If we are the brothers, 
or the rich man himself, then who is Jesus in the parable? Maybe he's Lazarus, the poor man lying outside the gate. Remember, Jesus said, as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Three days after Jesus died, two of his followers were leaving town. They were walking away from Jerusalem because they thought it was all over. And suddenly there was somebody else walking with them, a stranger, somebody they didn't recognize. And when they told him why they were leaving town and why they were looking so sad and told him about Jesus and about how all their hopes had just been crushed when he died, the stranger started talking about what, the, what Moses and the prophets said about the Messiah, that the Messiah would suffer and die and be raised. Well, they walked on for a long ways together, and when they finally got where they were staying for the night, the, the stranger looked like he was going to go on, but they said, no, no, you're tired. Please stay with us. Have a meal. And so they sat down, and as they were sharing bread together, suddenly their eyes were opened, and they realized that the stranger was their Lord. The stranger who had been walking with them that whole time was Jesus himself. Maybe if the rich man had invited Lazarus into his house, tended his sores, and shared a meal with him, he would have understood the scriptures and seen in Lazarus the Lord who had always been a stranger to him. So who is Jesus in the parable? He's the one who rises from the dead. He's the one who brings us to repentance. Moses and the prophets only bring us so far. Our own efforts fall short. We need God to change our hearts. Real repentance isn't about saying, give me another chance, God, I know I can do better. It's about saying, I can't do better. I need you, Lord. I need you to change my heart and change my life. When Jesus said how hard it is for those who are rich to enter the kingdom of God, his disciples replied, then who can be saved? Because they thought that those who were rich were obviously blessed by God. So if those who are blessed by God aren't the ones who are going to enter the kingdom, then who can be saved? For humans, it's impossible, Jesus said. But for God, all things are possible. You don't get into heaven by being poor. You don't get into Hades by being rich. The way to experience God's kingdom here and now and forever, is to be like Lazarus, whose very name means helped by God. God helps us so that we can help others. He even makes us rich. 
as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, through His poverty, might become rich. So, if you were a rich man, what would you do? Maybe you already are. Amen.